It's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us. And you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And I thank you, Father God, that as I open my mouth, you have already filled it. And we just honor you on tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to continue our teaching on stewardship. And I'm going to go back over it tonight. And after going back over stewardship and adding some more to it, we will have a test. Amen. So let's start over again dealing with stewardship. I don't know about you. It has helped me tremendously just to go back through the word of God and understand what a steward is. Because sometimes we can get out of the will of God and what he has placed in our hands and we have to get back on track. And the word of God, it helps us to get back on track. So what is a steward? A steward is a believer who manages what God has given into his care. A steward is a believer who manages what God has put into his care or what he has given unto his care, his or her care. So we know what a steward is, and we want to uh, understand that God owns everything. God just puts what he owns into our care. That's what a steward is. We went over scriptures um, about God owns everything. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He is the creator. He is Elohim. He created everything, um, and he brought it into existence, and everything is upheld by the word of God. So we know that he is the owner. We established this in Psalms 24.1 also, which says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. So that scripture establishes that everything belongs to God. Psalms 50.12, it says basically the same thing. God said, If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. Psalms 89:11 The heavens are yours the earth also is yours the world and all that is in it you have founded them so we have established by two or three witnesses um let the word of god be established that god owns everything and if we can start with that and know that everything belongs to god and then the next thing that we have to understand is God has given us what he has made. He has put it up under our care, up under our management. So we are managers of what God has created, what God has made. Let's establish that in the scripture. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9, the expanded Bible. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9. We are God's workers, working together, co-workers belonging to God, co-workers in God's service. You are God's family. You are God's farm. You his field, God's building. So this scripture is letting us know that we are co-workers with God. We don't own anything. God has placed it into our hands to be stewards over, to manage what he has given us. We are his co-workers. We are um, God's field. So we work along with God to manage what God has put in our hands. We um, established this in Genesis 1, 27 through 28, actually starting at verse 26, when it says that God created us into his image, in the image of God, in his likeness, and after he did this, he said, let them have dominion, let them subdue the earth. So what he did, he made us managers. 
he made us administrators. He gave us right to rule and reign on this earth as his stewards. Everything belonged to God. And when we recognize that God took what belonged to him and he placed it in our hands, he want us to be faithful over what he has given us. We must be faithful. It does not belong to us. It belongs to God. God is entrusting us with what he has given us. That is so awesome, y'all, because he created everything and then he placed it up under our rule because the heavens and the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. And that's in Psalms um, chapter, um, what is it? 115. Amen. So we see that that's the first thing we got to know. God owns everything. He have placed um, what he has created up under our uh, dominion, up under our rule. Those things are subject unto us. We are managers. We are stewards. We are administrators over what God has placed in our hand. And the next thing is we want to recognize our stewardship um, in the gospel, in our talents, and in our finances. So God has made us stewards over the gospel. We have determined that. According to 1 Corinthians 9, verse 17, this is Paul preaching, and this is what Paul is saying. He said, if I preach because it is my own choice voluntarily, I have a reward. But if I preach and it's not my choice to do so without volunteering, I'm only doing the duty that was given to me and trusted with a stewardship, a responsibility. So Paul said what has been placed in his hand has been given to him by God. This has been given to him by God. God has placed this gospel in his hand for him to be a steward over the gospel. He's entrusting him with the gospel. And we are stewards. God has placed the gospel in our hand. He's telling us to go out and minister the good news concerning the kingdom. Be faithful over what he has given us. So Paul is not taking this lightly. We should not take this lightly when it comes to ministering the gospel of the kingdom. God has given us, um, entrusted us with this gospel. So we should be faithful over what God has given us. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, um, that as well tell us what um, the Bible tells us what Jesus told his disciples to do. But the main thing is, when God entrusts you with something, and I'm going to go over this more tonight in this teaching, he makes sure that you are equipped with what he has placed in your hands. God is never going to give you anything and not equip you for what he has given you. That's not like God. So I'm going to go over that tonight as well. So we know the gospel has been placed in our hands. Um, Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. This is talking about the talents. The talents that God has given us. You know, God has given all of us talents and he give us those talents according to um, our ability. So he's not going to give you things that he know that you're not capable of um, carrying out on his behalf. So everybody that he gave these um, talents to, he didn't just give them to them just to be given them to them. God gave them to them according to their ability. We know he gave um, the first one five talents. He gave the next one, next one two. He gave the next one one. Everybody was given that talent according to their ability. And we know the one with five, he gained what? Five more. 
Then the one with two, he gained two more. But then the one with one, he hid what God had given him and did not do anything with that talent. So he was not a good steward. He was not faithful over what God has um, given him. And we have to understand that when God give us something, he only give it to us based on what he know we can handle. It's a lot of people that is not faithful in what they're doing. Then they want something else to do because they're not happy with what they're doing, but they're not carrying out what God has placed in their hands. So God is not going to give you anything else. This is why he have people over you to watch you and see how you carrying out what God has given you. Some people are sitting still because they're not moving in what God has given them. So God said, I can't place anything else in your hand because you can't be trusted with what you have. On your jobs, you get promotions. How do you get those promotions? You are evaluated. You have supervisors that watch how you work and what you do and how you do it. So they place something in your hands and they see how good you perform and what you do. They see how you carry yourself, how you treat others, and if you're following um, the proper protocol. And then when it's time for your evaluation and they begin to evaluate you, they're evaluating you based on what they're seeing. And I'm reminded of something. It's coming back to my remembrance when my husband he was saying he got an evaluation from a supervisor before, and that supervisor evaluated him wrong. He had said things that he said he couldn't do, but my husband knew he could do it. So my husband had to check him on that. And we don't have to check God, amen, <laughs> because God already know. We might have to check that person that God has put over you, but we don't have to check God because God knows everything. He knows the intents of your heart. He know what you're thinking before you even think about it. God know what you're going to do before you do it. So that's why God used people over you to, to see where you can be trusted in those areas. So I'll, I'll say this. Some people may say, that's not what I want to do at this time. But God said, I want to see if you can be faithful over this. And if you can be faithful over this and with no grumbling, no complaining, you can come on time. And people got to understand this. You don't just come to church when you feel like it. Amen. You don't come to church when you feel like it. Some people pop in when they feel like they need to pop in. Some people leave when they feel like they need to leave. But when you're in relationship with God, you want to endure until the end. You want to be here at the beginning because if you're going through something in your life, you might catch it at the beginning with the teachers. You might catch it at the begin um, after the teachers. It might be in song. You might catch it when I come up. But God have a way in the sanctuary dealing with his people to give everybody what they need. If it's through the teachers, if it's through Judah, if it's through um, even meeting the usher at the door, God could give the usher something to give you when you walk in the church. He could give security something to give you while they're out there on the grounds. This is why you need to be in the house of the Lord when you need to be in the house of the Lord because you don't want to miss what God is doing because you don't know which way he may come. So some people will pop in after Judah and they'll sit down. But you may have needed that praise and worship to lift you up so it can prepare you for the word. Or you may need the teachers to, you know, bring that word forth first to break some of that hard ground that you have, which is your heart. And this is why it's so important. So God is saying, if you can't show up for this aspect, how am I going to trust you with more?
See, this is what God is talking about with stewards. A steward has to be faithful over what you have to be proven faithful over what you have in order for you to climb up that ladder. But some people want to go up the ladder but don't want to be faithful. And this is why God may have you cleaning the church. And you may say, that ain't my anointing. But God is trying to break something in you. He's trying to get you in the place where he wants you to be to position you where he would have you. It ain't always about what you want to do. It's about what God want to do in you and through you. So don't just think, well, I'm, I'm a pastor. I don't go out and visit nobody. I don't go out and do this. But if God is telling you to go out and do that, he's telling you to do it for a reason. Because God will anoint you and where he send you because you've taken him with you. So it's not up to you to pick and choose what you want to do. God is preparing you for where he want to take you. Some people think I'm too good for that. I'm not going over there and handling that. Who are you to say that? Because if you're going to be a steward, you're going to be a steward. You're going to have to do what God tells you to do at that time, even if you don't like doing it. You might have to clean somebody's house. Well, I got to clean their house because this is what God is telling you to do. Nobody don't clean my house, but God is telling you to clean that house. So this is why the church is so toe up because people pick and choose what they want to do and feel like they shouldn't be doing what other people do. What did Jesus do? He washed those disciples' feet. And he's telling them, I want you to do just like I have done. So Jesus was humbling himself with those disciples to let them them know that what I have done, this is what I want you to do. So we have to understand it's not about us. It's all about him. So even with these talents, whatever he placed in their hands, he was looking for increase. He was looking for more. And that's why he said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord because what he gave them, they used it the way he would have them to use it. And that's what God is saying to us today. He want to, when we stand before him, I want to hear well done. What I have placed in your hand, you stood. No matter what it looked like or appeared to be, you took what I gave you and you was faithful over it regardless of what was going on in your life. That's a steward. And we have to learn to be stewards over what God has given us instead. Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. On the job. Some of us know we sometimes are lazy on the job. Pop in and out. And sometimes we may not get caught. Because I remember when I worked at the hospital, we knew the time, Jennifer, well, we can get a full eight hours, 423, you can clock out, and it's like you've been there 430, right? So they caught us. They said, we were stealing time. That wasn't being faithful, but we wanted to get paid, so we got tired of sitting there. I'm not doing that, and I'm clocking out at 423, and I'm going to still get eight hours. They fixed that thing. But we knew we was wrong. And then when it's time to be evaluated and your, your supervisor saying everybody else is still here at 430, but you're going at 423, what the clock say, 423, give me eight hours. So why am I sitting here at 430? Because we pay you for 430. But everybody else is remaining faithful. They're not moving until 430. So we fuss because I got evaluated wrong. But people watch you and they see what I remember when we was at the hospital and I'm not going to call no names. This child, she would go to the door, put a chair in front of the door. Instead of her working, she would fold her arms and just look at everybody coming in and out the hospital and supposed to have been working. 
and we working hard and I'm taking their jobs and I'm doing their job while they're peeping out the window not getting their job done and then when the boss get ready to come she lift up her chair she put it back in place and like she'd been working the whole time and guess what he would applaud them for that they were his favorites he gave them an office put me by the toilet they had their own office. They worked when they wanted to. They cut up when they wanted to, but I was the one being watched. Now, just because they didn't do their job, was it right for me not to do mine? Was it right for me not to do what he gave me to do, even though they weren't doing their job? Now, in the natural, people would say, like Jennifer over there, they putting too much on you. I wouldn't do it. But when Jennifer saw me humbling myself, it changed Jennifer because just because they done me wrong does not mean I do them wrong. I do unto the Lord and not unto man. So this is what, whatever they put in my hands, I have to be found faithful. And what happened with me being found faithful, everything they gave me, I finished it. And they gave me more. I finished it. And other people were still doing like they were doing and was not getting it finished. So I was, at one time I was upset, but I went to the Lord in prayer. I said, God, it's not about me. It's about you. So it got to the point that I was finishing my stuff so quick. I said, give me time off. Just give me Friday off. I didn't have no vacation time. I already had lost money at that time. I said, just give me Friday off. And the girl that asked for Friday off because she wanted it off, he wouldn't give it to her, but he gave it to me. And she said, how can you give her that time off and didn't give it to me? God finds you faithful. And God know what you need. And people watch you even when you think you're not being watched. So we should not mumber and complain even up under our breath. Because God tell us not to mumber or complain. He said, in everything, give me thanks. He didn't say for everything. He said, in everything, give me thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. So whatever we do, we need to say, Lord, I thank you for even this opportunity because there's something that you're doing that I don't know what you're doing right now. You put me here. So, God, I want to be faithful unto you because you made me the steward over this. You had to touch somebody's heart to tell them to put me by this toilet. So, God, I'm going to give you glory that I'm going to buy this toilet because you want to do something in me and through me me put me by the toilet so this is what we have to do we have to be found faithful first and the thing is when it's counted faithful it's in every area it's being on time lord i want to be found faithful being in place when i need to be in place that's faithful because it starts there because people watch you if you don't come on these jobs on time what do they do when they evaluate you there's a problem you clocking in after the time that you're supposed to be here. What is the problem? There's no excuse. Whatever your boss say is what you're supposed to do. How are you going to be found faithful in one area and you ain't found faithful in this area? We get it right, don't we? Now, the, the scripture I didn't give you last Tuesday was Luke 16, verses 1 through 12. And this is dealing with finances. Luke 16, verse 1 through verse 12. I'm reading the expanded Bible. Jesus also said to his followers, his disciples, 
Once there was a rich man who had a manager to take care of his business. This manager was accused of cheating him, wasting, squandering his assets, his possessions. So he called the manager in and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give me a report accounting of what you have done with my money, your management, because you can't be my manager any longer. He fired him because he put something in his hand, in this man's hand, and he told him to manage what he has given him. This was his money. He found out that he was cheating him. So he said, you can't be manager no more. So this guy, so this is what he did. So in verse 3, the manager thought to himself, what will I do since my master is taking my job away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig ditches or work the saw, and I'm ashamed to beg. So this man was full of pride. He said, I'm not going to dig any ditches, and I'm not going to beg. So he was full of pride. What he should have done was just repentant, but he didn't want to do that either. He said, I know what I do I'll do, I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job, people will welcome me in their home. So this is what this manager did. He went to the people that owed money and he had them to pay half of what they owed. He was still a cheater. He was still a thief and a robber. But this is what he did. And the reason why he did this is because at the end of the day, he wanted to be welcomed by somebody because he said, I ain't digging ditches. I ain't repenting. He said, and I'm not, um, and I'm ashamed to beg. So I'm going to go back to these very people. And what my boss told me to get from them, I'm going to get half from them. I'm going to write another bill and they're only going to have to give me half. So that means they're going to like me and I'm going to be welcomed by them. This is the world's way of doing, cheating your way out of things. And this is what Jesus said. Jesus said he was wise. Jesus was not applauding him for what he'd done, but he was saying the world know how to get by. The world know how to take what they have and make it work for them. And basically what he's saying, we as kingdom people, with whatever is put in our hand for the kingdom, we should be better than what the world is doing with what they do with their money. He said we should be faithful, more faithful than they are. But this man knew how to do it. And when you get further down here, in verse 10, he said, Whosoever can be trusted is faithful with the little can also be trusted with a lot. And whoever is dishonest with little is dishonest with a lot. If you cannot be trusted, listen at this, have not been faithful with worldly riches, then who would trust you with true riches? If you cannot be trusted, have not been faithful with things that belong to someone else, who would give you things of your own? So basically God is saying, how can I trust you with kingdom and you can't even be trusted with what you have that belong to the world? That's deep, isn't it? How can you tell me to set you up in the kingdom in a position And you're not even faithful over what you have. God want to see faithfulness over what we, even our money, material things. He want to make sure we're not wasters. You know, sometimes we'll say, oh, don't worry about it. I can get another one. That's not being faithful over what God has given you, what he has placed in your hand, your cars, your homes, your everything, your children, everything that you have. It really don't belong to you. It belongs to God. 
God has put us steward over these things to manage these things. And we got to give an account of what God has given us, how we have used what he has given us, because God wants us to take what we have, not only for us, but to bless others with what we have. So God said, I want to find faithfulness in my people. When I come, when you stand before me and I said, I have placed this in your hands, what did you do with it? Did you help someone else besides yourself? This is what God is saying. Can you be faithful with what I have given you? Can you say, God, thank you for the place that you have me in? Because, God, you have given me this place. This is not a place that I desire, but this is a place you gave me because you know, Father God, what I can do with what you have given me. Because he found you faithful. Now let's talk about tonight. How do I manage what God has given unto me? How do I manage what God has placed in my hands? And the answer is through prayer, communicating with God. Because when God gives you something, and I'm going to use jobs because that's the easy one. When someone gives you a task on a job and they place that in your hands, you got to communicate back and forth with them, right? to know what you do and to know how you do it. It, Communication is the key. They're not just going to give you anything without telling you what to do with what they have given you. So God gave me this through Exodus, um, through Moses, Exodus, the third chapter. And you can go back and you can begin to read that um, again. But what was happening in Exodus, the third chapter, y'all know Moses had an experience with God through the burning bush and He was in the presence of God and he knew how holy God was and God told him to take what his shoes off because he was standing on holy ground. But God began to talk to Moses and he began to let Moses know what he was placing in his hands. He said he heard the cry of the Israelites. He heard how they were in bondage, how they were oppressed. And God was letting Moses know, I'm sending you to my people. So he was letting Moses know, I'm going to put my people in your hands. So when God told Moses that, y'all know Moses went through the whole spill of um, how would the people know that you have sent me and God, he really talked to Moses. So they were communicating back and forth, him and God, because Moses had some concerns. And this is what we should do. When God placed something in your hands, God already know what you can do and what you can't do. But it's good to talk to God about how you feel because he's God, because he know how you feel. Sometimes when God put things in your hands, you'd be like, I don't know if I can do that. But God know you can. He wouldn't have not have given it to you if he knew that you could not carry what he has given you. So this is why we have to continually talk to God about it every step of the way like Moses did. He said, these people ain't going to accept me. I'm paraphrasing it. He said, they know you. Let me read it. In verse 6, Exodus 3, it said, moreover, he said, I'm the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. He was afraid. So God told him who he was. He gave him the assignment. Now let's go to verse 11. And Moses said unto God, who am I? See, Moses was being honest. And we need to be honest with God when God is giving us an assignment, making us steward or manager, that I should go into Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. 
Moses began to talk to God again. See, this is how prayer works. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What should I say unto them? Come on, wasn't Moses asking a lot of questions? That's communicating in prayer. God already gave him the assignment, but Moses wanted to talk to God some more about this assignment. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you. So God was letting Moses know what to tell those Israelites because Moses knew who am I to go to them? What am I going to say to them? So God gave him what need to be said unto them. Now in verse 18, this is what was happening. And they shall hearken to thy voice and thou shall come thou and the elders of Israel unto the king of Egypt and you shall say unto him. Now look, he told Moses what to say unto the children of Israel And he told Moses what to say unto Pharaoh. God is not going to put anything in your hand and have you to be a steward and leave you by yourself. He's going to let you know what to do and how to do it. This is why it takes prayer and communication with God to know how to go in and know how to come out. So that's what they talked about in Exodus chapter 3. When you go to Exodus chapter 4, here go another situation. So remember what I said, God is giving you what he would have for you to do. He's telling you how to go in. He's telling you how to come out. Then Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice for they will say, the Lord has not appeared unto me. And the Lord said, what's in your hand? So what did God do? He used that rod that was in Moses hand to represent the power of God. So as long as Moses had that rod in his hand, God said, this is what's going to happen. So he began to demonstrate himself to Moses to let Moses know through this right here, the people going to know that I have sent you. They go to power of God. So to be a steward, it takes prayer and communication, talking with God to know how to go in, to know how to come out. And God is not going to leave you alone he's going to give you what you need to carry out that plan so y'all know what Moses did he demonstrated all that but he'll go to the next thing now God is showing himself to Moses but then Moses began to say but I'm not elegant with speech he said I can't speak well look how God solved that he sent Aaron with him to speak on his behalf he said but the thing is I'm gonna speak to you then you still got to speak to Aaron Because it got to go to you before it go to Aaron. So God set that up. He was making Moses that steward that Moses needed to be for him. So guess what? Moses was evidently found to be faithful. God had to be watching Moses to pull him out to say, Moses, I'm sending you. He could have sent someone else, but it was Moses. It was who he wanted to send was Moses. When you read about Moses, y'all will see that even being a steward, you're going to have some situations that just don't look right. You're going to have people that's going to hate you for no reason, but you still supposed to remain faithful. So many people, when nobody like you, you ready to sit down. And this is what I say, Miracle Temple. I don't babysit no more. So when you want to say sit down, I'm going to bow and say, so be it. You know why? Because you've given up on God. 
because you upset because somebody said something they should not have said instead of handling it according to the word of God, going to your brother and sister, taking care of that so you can continue to be that steward that God has appointed you to be. It ain't about how you feel. It is not about what somebody said. You're going to have some oppositions. When Moses went through all of this, when God showed him his power, when God showed him he was going to send somebody to be there with him to speak on his behalf, Moses was still not satisfied. God was angry at Moses, but God still sent Moses. And in sending Moses, and when he did all of this stuff, the people believed Moses, but yet and still when the taskmasters came in and made it hard for them, and they come against Moses, and they were mad at Moses, Moses still went back to God. That's a faithful steward. He went back to God like God didn't know this wasn't going to happen. God told Moses in the beginning, this is going to happen. He's going to be, his heart is going to be hardened. He's not going to want to let you, God tell us. What's going to happen? You may go this time. You may go that time. Things are going to happen in your life, but my word don't change. My mic is heavy, y'all. That's why I'm messing with it. My Things will not change because God doesn't change. Things in your life may look like they're changing for the worse, but you got to hang on to God's word. You got to hang on to what God is saying to you and not how you feel. That's what Moses was doing. Moses went back to God. God already knew. God already told Moses. So when he went back to God, guess what? God sent him right back to Pharaoh because he knew it was going to happen. How many of us in here have given up on a career or given up on what um, we felt like we should be doing because it didn't seem like it was working? Anybody? How many want to sit down because people just wasn't lining up with you? Hello? People wasn't showing up. People acting a fool. But you know what get me? People always say what God called them to do, but they're always nagging and complaining about what people ain't doing. Hallelujah. We quick to say God called me to this, but, but what? You're going to have this. You're going to have people that's going to rebel. You're going to have people that don't like what you're saying. You're going to have people that think that you're talking about them when they walk in the room. But you still got to remain faithful. The Bible says whoever put their hand to the water, the the plow. And when you put your hand to the plow, you don't what? And if you look back, you're not what? Fit for who? For the kingdom. But we all, and this is what happens. To be a steward for God, you're managing His stuff is not your stuff. So whatever he put in your hands, you're supposed to hold it up. Is that not what Jesus did with the two fish and five loaves of bread? Jesus said, this is your two fish. These are your five loaves of bread. They just put it in. You put this in my hands, actually, God, but I'm going to offer it back up to you and say, God, I'm going to thank you for what I have because he was getting instructions from God on how to use them two fish and five loaves of bread. And what did he do? After he blessed those fish and those five loaves of bread, then he gave them to his disciples and they gave them to the people and it was more than enough. But you know what we do? I ain't got them two fish, five loaves of bread, so all y'all ain't going to be able to eat, so go home. What you sitting up in here for? We're supposed to give it to him. 
him. He's the creator of them two fish. He's the creator of that bread. So we want to say, God, here it is. What would you have for me to do? And I believe he told Jesus, feed the people. That's all Jesus needed. But what do we do? We go hide it. Y'all know when you ain't got a lot of pork chop in your house and people start pulling up. And you know they're going to smell the pork chop before they get in your house. And you can't wait that they leave so you can finish your five pieces of pork chop. And you ain't needing up but one piece. Hello? And you hear the spirit of the living God. He done told you somebody was coming to your house and offered them some food. They ain't nobody but the devil. Because I'm hungry. God want to know that we can be entrusted, y'all, with what he has placed in our hands. That's what God is saying tonight. We need to quit ask. We need to stop asking for more. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit. Have I been faithful? Over what God has given me. Because when you give up on what God has placed in your hands, God is not going to put you nowhere else. Because if you can't fulfill that task, why you want to go to another task? I, I can hear that song, don't give up on God because God has not given up on you. He's able. God is able. So we have to trust God with everything that we have, y'all. With the little we have, we have to entrust God that he's going to make it much. Because God can take little and make it much. And when we look um, further down in the scriptures in Exodus 4, it even got down to the point where um, Moses was lining up and he went to his father-in-law. And he told, well, I ain't going to go that far. Yeah, 18, Exodus 18. And Moses went and returned to Jephro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren, which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jephro said unto Moses, Go in peace. He did things in order. He was even faithful with Jephro, his father-in-law, because evidently he was helping Jephro. So Jephro released him to go, and he took his wife, and he took his um, children, and he was set out to do what God told him to do, but he took his rod in his hand. Moses was set out. He was remained and faithful unto God. So that's what God wants from us. He wants us to be faithful. The last one I want to give you is Nehemiah 1, chapter 1. And this is dealing with when Nehemiah um, got a word of what was going on um, with the wall and what had happened. Nehemiah felt a burden. And when Nehemiah felt a burden dealing with that wall, he began to pray and he began to seek the Lord. And as he sought the Lord, he knew that he needed to go and build that wall so they could be protected. So what he did, he had to go to the king. But the king noticed how he was looking, so he asked him what was going on with him. And Nehemiah began to tell him. So the king released him to go. And I'm going to tell you how good God is. When God gives you an assignment, Nehemiah felt the burden of the people. So he knew that God was giving him this assignment, but he had to go pray first with God. God, the, the king released him, not only released him, but wrote a letter and he even got the timber and everything he needed to do what God called him to do. See, that was through prayer. So if you read the book of Nehemiah, was he not faithful over what God gave him? He was a faithful steward. Even in the hard times with, with Nehemiah, he would not come off that wall. 
He was faithful. What am I telling you? You're going to have some hard times in ministry. You're going to have times when it feel like people that's on your team is not even showing up. That's why you got procedures to sit them down. That tells you they don't want to be faithful. Because if you're pulling them in and you're saying, okay, what's going on? You know, you're encouraging them. You're building them up. But if they still acting slack and not doing what they're asked to do, then they don't need to be on that team. They're not ready for it yet. So God, you know, people have to be sat down. Because we don't want one person stagnating everybody else. But Nehemiah didn't come off that wall. Because he loved God's people. When you have a love for God's people, when you have a love for God, and God has placed something in your hands, you're not going to let everything get in your way of doing what God has called you to do. Everything you do, it takes prayer and communication with God. You ain't going to be in a state of mind that you're forgetting all the time. We forget about God because he's not on our heart. Everything else consumes us. Come on, let's just be for real. Because God will give you the strength that you need to carry out what he has given you. But what we do, we're more sensitive to what the world is doing than what God is saying unto us. So we put the world before God and we make excuses. It's no excuse. God will give you what you need if you want to be faithful. It's proven. I, I have given you scriptures. So this is what a steward is. And this is what we're supposed to do. You're supposed to be faithful over your time. Everything, there's supposed to be faithfulness over it when it comes to the things of God. And let's don't say it ain't enough time in the day. Because God created everything in seven days. It was finished. And he was resting. So God is not going to place anything in your hands and not give you time to do it. It's just that we put other things before we put what God has given us. If we take care of his business, our business is already taken care of. If we seek ye first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things, then guess what? All of these things shall be added unto us. When we put him first, y'all, we won't be tired. That's life that's coming into us. He's breathing that if I thought about if I be mindful of everything that I do, I would have been sat down because I'm picking up some slack up in here. But you know why I do it? Because I love him. And I know he loved me and whatever he placed in my hands, I want to make sure I can honor him. Honor him. Make sure he's exalted. Make sure he's lifted up because I don't put my hand to the plow and I don't want to look back. And that's what all of us should be doing. We're helpers of one another. We're helpers of one another. It ain't about us. It's about the kingdom, y'all. So it's time for us to come together in the body of Christ and quit looking for promotion and start examining yourself and say, God, am I proven faithful? It's a scripture. Let me find it. First Corinthians four, chapter one, verse one, first Corinthians four, verse one, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That's Bible. And God watches everything that we do and how we do it. And as long as I stay before him, y'all. 
he's going to let me know where a person is. He will let you know. Because when you have something in your hand, nobody shouldn't have to bother you all the time. Because you know you're doing it unto the Lord. You're not doing it unto me. So he wants us to be found faithful. Amen. Now, who want to tell me what you have learned so far on tonight? Anyone? I'll take a seat and I'll let someone come up. One of the things, and this is kind of building a carryover from last week, was um, when you're talking about the um, with the talents. You know, God's given us the talents, and but I never looked at the gospel as being a talent, and so that was really, as Kim said, that was deep, that was profound, and so it makes you take a different look at things um, because just like you said, no matter what you're doing, it don't matter if you're home or you're by yourself doing it. Um, it doesn't matter what people see. God, the one that it, that matters, he sees it anyway. So, you know, we've got to do something knowing that, you know, we're accountable to him. Amen. And he's the one that we please. And um, and I think, you know, that um, stewardship means um, it's not only just us. Sometimes it's being accountable to um, other people, other members of our this family. As a, as a church family, we're accountable to other people, and that's part of being a steward, too, a good steward. Amen. I want, Athea, come up here for a second. I want to use you for an example before we close out. I want to say this with Athea Lofton. Um, Y'all know how compassionate the zeal that she has for that sound room back there. And some people wonder why. Athea is like she is. Do anybody understand now why? Because she's faithful. She's a steward over what God has placed in her hands. And she wants everything to be the way it needs to be. And if it's out of order, she now sometimes she has to apologize. Amen. Can we all agree? <laughs> sometimes she has to apologize with how she come off sometime, but she want to make sure that what's been placed in her hands is carried out the way it need to be carried out. So some people would get upset if Athea check you in that. But you shouldn't get upset because whatever God has placed in her hands through me and my husband, you should respect where she is and then you should honor that because she's doing a good job at what she does. And she knows that she has to be here at a certain time to make sure everything runs smoothly how many of y'all see Athea when you come up in here every time? You see her every time, right? She know the time that she need to be in here. How many have ever seen if you have to be at your job at 8 o'clock and you show up at 9? Who does that? Help me, somebody. You don't want the job. Is that what you're saying, Erica? So tell me how can a person be faithful with man's doing but not faithful with the house of God. Hello? What, what, what's the difference, somebody? Tell me the difference. Looking for man's promotion, what else is it? Huh? Where your heart is. That's the truth. 
Because if your heart is for God, you're going to be here when you need to be here. Why is the heart more for man than it is for God? Money. Nobody should take offense up in here tonight. I'm letting you know what stewardship is. You may be right in this area, but if you're wrong in this area, that area ain't no good to you. I'm I'm being honest. Because if God has put something in your hands and this is the time he tell you to be here with what he has put in your hands, it shouldn't be no excuse because you're honoring God with what he has given you. Shouldn't be no excuse. But we make excuse for the kingdom, but we don't make excuse when it comes to the world. Whatever the world tell you to do, that's what you do. Even if it's hard for you to do and flesh hurt, do we do it? But we'll just push God off because we're not honoring him. Getting back to Athea, she makes sure everything is in order the way it needs to be in, in order. And sometimes she wanted so much in order and so much right, sometimes she just do it herself when she got help. Amen, Athea. She's my amen. <laughs> But this is the truth. So this is why I used her for an example is because everything that's placed in our hand dealing with that sound booth, she makes sure it's carried out. And I'm going to tell you how good she carries it out. When Athea ain't here, one day my husband went up there and he was doing something. He's supposed to have signed in because we do this. So if something happens, we know who was the last one in there. and We can go back to that person. So my husband didn't sign the sheet. Yeah, he didn't sign the sheet. But we found out he was up there. Thea confronted him. (laughs) Was she wrong? No. Because if this is the way it's supposed to be, what make me or him any different from y'all? None. So she's being a steward. Do not get upset with people because they are being faithful. See, now that you're getting the teaching, a lot of us should apologize. You shouldn't be questioning when God is telling you, I need you here at this certain time, or I need for you to do this. You just need to do it and be in place and not question the person that's telling you because they're getting orders from somebody over them. Y'all, we need to repent, don't we? You have anything to say? I figured you did. In this teaching about being a steward, it even checks me also um, that there's some areas that I do need to get better in. And this teaching really helps me to see that God has placed something in our hands, that God could have chose anybody in the world to do it, but he chose us. He could have chosen anybody to be in that sound booth, but he chose myself, Gloria, and Ariel. And I count it a privilege and an honor, and yes, it do. Even tonight, I'm cringing every time she touched that mic. I'm cringing every time. It it just bothers me because it's not right. And I do like things right. I I am a perfectionist, and I do want it right because if it's not right, it just sets everything out of order. And whenever there's a little squeak or a sound, who do everybody look back there at? Me and Gloria, automatically, heads go back. Like, what in the world is going on? So that's why we're trying to be good stewards over what God has placed in our hands. And we ask you not to tap the mics or we ask you to be careful with all the equipment because you should be careful even with the seats. You shouldn't want to put things in the seats. when you, Like Sister Denise said last week or the week before, when you see paper on the floor, pick it up. 
you know, this is our home. This is our church home. So we want to be good stewards over what God has placed in our hands because when we, when we stand before God and he says, remember you was in Miracle Temple and you walked right by that piece of paper. You'd be like, what? You remember that? He's God. He know everything. So we have to be a good steward. And that, that it really, 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 really helps me to be a good steward, you know, even with cars and stuff that we keep nasty. It really, and it, it really, you know, your it's house. And you, you know, want another car, but you can't clean the car you got. Hello, somebody. Lord have mercy. Thank want you. Want another house and can't clean one room in the house you got. Come on, y'all. That's the steward. We want more, but we're not. See, she done opened up another can of worms. We want more, but we're not faithful over what we have, y'all. Before God gave me and my husband another home, y'all, I was cleaning the home, finding little corners to put stuff in because we was outgrowing the home. But I was giving God glory. I was saying, Holy Spirit, where else can I put something? All up under the bed, we had stuff every which way but loose. But I was giving God glory. I was satisfied with where I was. And God said, now that I found you faithful, he would send people and say, it's time for you to get a home. I'm saying, I don't need no home. I'm happy where I am. But God saw our faithfulness. He saw how we took what we had and we wasn't wasters with what we had, but we used it to help other people even when we need. Y'all, this teaching can go on forever. We want to raise on our job, but we still ain't helping nobody with the money we have. We want more, but we're not being faithful over what we have, y'all. God want us to be faithful over everything he put in our hands. We want more children, but we ain't taking care of the kids we got. Not spending time with those kids, but now we want to become foster parents. We want to adopt kids, and these kids, I'm telling y'all, God has placed a lot in our hands, and he watched how faithful you are. It is not about a feeling. It's not about what make you feel good, y'all. It's about what God wants us to do at that time. Amen. Y'all might think this is funny, but um, <clears throat> back in the first start of a lawn care service, um, I didn't have much equipment, and I was being a steward of what I had. And as she told you before, I had a couple of regular lawnmowers, but I was faithful to what I had. I did what I had to do till I got more. But in the meanwhile, I always wanted a backpack blower, and I didn't have one. I had a couple of kind you plug up drop cords. So I go to people's houses, I find them something's going to wear, plug it up, and do the driveway. But in the meanwhile, I had a broom in my truck. And Jeremy and them were laughing because I'd take a broom, and I'd pretend I was cranking my blower up. And I'd go sweeping the driveway, making noise like I was <laughs> using a blower. And I did that faithfully until I got one. And same thing with my lawnmower. I did what I had to do so I can get what I needed. I trust God what I had. Even my old truck right now, it is a paint job. But I still keep it clean. I keep the seat shampooed, vacuumed out when the guys get in. Hey, man, you got to get up and brush that grass off your, off your clothes, you know, because I'm thanking God for my new truck. Every day I think of my new truck. Faithful. We're faithful over what we have, y'all. And when God see how faithful you are, Oh, he said, you ready, baby. You ready for that blessing I've been holding over here for you. Now it's coming home. Come on home to mama. Come on home to mama. See, that's what we do. God, watch what you have. Amen. Is that all? We're going to go ahead and do our offering. But before we do, keep the Walker um, family in your prayers. Um, we lost um, it's, uh, Shirley, my dad, Amelia's brother. 
and it's um, our uncle, me, Manny, and Quana, and um, Kim and Miss Mary, cousin, all family in here. So keep the Walker family in your prayers. The funeral is Sunday at 3 p.m. at the Middle District, and the um, wait is Saturday from 5 to 7 at Bobby Dunn's. Amen. Do we have anything else? Quana?